Bibles, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11. I've got one verse, and then we're going to get into this sermon. I've been five minutes crying already. Uh -huh. Amen. Y'all there? Amen. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Let us pray. Father, again, I praise you for the joy of this church and for your movement. Uh, Father, four baptisms last week. It's amazing to watch how you have taken over lives in this church. Uh, Father, the way that you have moved families in this church, marriages in this church. Father, I sit back and look at the last two weeks. Um, it's just been amazing to watch you step up. I praise you for that. And I thank you so much for the confirmation that we get to see you move and we get to see you work. Father, I ask that you continue to give us guidance as a church to where those victories will continue. Father, you give us the strength and the obedience to step up when you ask. Father, today you've given me a sermon that um, I'm very excited to preach. Um, something I struggle with, and I'm sure a lot of people in this room do as well. And I just thank you for putting it on my heart. And showing me that this needs to be preached at this church. And uh, Father, I ask that uh, you give me your boldness today to be able to deliver this message the way that you want it done. So Father, in this moment, I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, that you take all my pride, selfishness, distractions. Father, take those distractions away from me. And replace them, Father, again with your boldness, um, your wisdom, most importantly, Father, your love. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. In the Bible, there is a very popular verse that promised us as Christians a prosperous life. Most of you know this verse, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, when God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you. But for some reason, we see so many Christians today living a full, living a life full of harm and not much prosperity. I struggle with this. So many times I sit back and I see my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and they're struggling. And again, he said that he promised us a life of prosperity and one without harm. So I asked him, I said, God, all right. I said, this is something you want me to preach. How do I go about explaining to people that this is something that you promised? Why am I seeing so many of my brothers and sisters struggling in life? And he gave me a vision, guys. He gave me a vision. And he really knows how to get my attention because the vision was a strawberry cake. 
And what he did was is he showed me the cake, and then, and then the cake disappeared. And then he laid out all the ingredients to make the cake. Okay? You, you, you have flour. I had to look this up. You have flour. You had baking powder, baking soda, salt, butter, eggs, milk, cream cheese, mm, icing, and, of course, fresh strawberries. So, oh, hush. So in this dream, I, I, I make this cake, take all the ingredients, and I make it. And, uh, man, it comes out of it, and it's looking good. And I take a bite out of it, cut a piece, take a bite out of it, and it, it tasted kind of dull and bitter. And I was like, man, something's wrong here. It was missing one ingredient. Sugar. The best thing to put in anything, right? Guys, God then told me, he said, I have given your brothers and sisters and you the ability to have this prosperous life. The problem is you're missing one main ingredient, and that's discipline. Discipline. He has been on me about discipline. Today, we're going to start a new series entitled Warrior Discipline. Before I move on, I want to tell you all how I got here. So I hadn't preached in the last two weeks, okay? Bojo preached two weeks ago. You all give him a round of applause. That was an amazing sermon. Amen. People won't even look at me. He's over here being humble, writing stuff down. You know, it's like taking notes. taking notes. Amen. Good job. Guys, so Bojo does that. Then we had my brother Eric Aiken come down last week, which was awesome. And in two weeks, I have not had to prepare a sermon. And, 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 and so, listen, I ain't going to lie to y'all. I'm your pastor. I ain't going to sit up here and lie to y'all, though. But sometimes it's nice to get a little break every once in a while, okay? So in this two weeks, and this happens all the time with me, when I go on vacation and I don't have to put a sermon together, God just starts feeding me stuff. And he's literally set up the next five to seven weeks of sermons for me. Thank you, Father, for that. Because I can't tell y'all how many times I wake up on Monday morning after I preach on Sunday and I have no clue what I'm preaching to y'all the next Sunday. Happens all the time, right? So what I'm getting at, just to let you guys know, is if y'all start to get bored with my sermons, just pay for me a vacation. Just saying. <laughs> For the next few weeks, guys, we're going to learn biblically what the Bible says about how we can implant discipline into our Christian walk and better our lives, but also better those lives of the people around us. Today, in part one of this series, we're going to discuss how we can become a stronger Christian with better spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline. A few years back, there was this little boy, his name was Bobby. Little Bobby was struggling in school. He was failing math. He's pretty good in a lot of other subjects, but he was failing math. And, uh, man, they tried everything. The parents got him tutors, you know, mentors, different teachers, all these different. They had online stuff he was doing, and he just couldn't pass math. Well, there was a private Catholic school not far from where they lived, and they decided, well, let's put him in there. This should help. So he goes to this school, comes back the first day afterwards. He goes straight upstairs and starts doing his homework. Two hours goes by. Mom's got supper ready. She has to holler at him to come down. That never happened, by the way. He never did that much homework. He never studied that hard. He comes down, eats supper. As soon as he takes his last bite, goes right back upstairs, starts studying again. This goes on for quite a few weeks, and then the first report card comes in. Little Bobby takes the report card home, gives it to his mom. Mom looks at it and says that he has an A in math. But just like other days, as soon as he handed her that report card, he went right upstairs. 
So the mom goes upstairs and she says, honey, what is the deal? Why all of a sudden are you doing so well? Is it because you're studying more? He said, no. He said, well, is it the nuns at the Catholic school? Are they teaching you better? No. So, well, little Bobby, what is it? What's going on? He said, Mama, when I walked in the class the first day and I saw that man nailed to a plus sign, <laughs> I realized I better get the discipline <laughs> to start studying and working a little harder in math. Our whole job in life is to build God's kingdom to the best of our ability in our own personal lifelong walk. We are to set an example of Jesus for others to see. But without the ingredient of discipline, we are not only, or excuse me, we are not fully fulfilling the purpose God has placed in us and the purpose that he has for our life. I want you to think about this, guys. We admire people with the strength of discipline. I want you to think about the most successful athletes that you know. Just to name a few, Emmett Smith is one of my favorites. Uh, I don't like Tom Brady, but he has won the most Super Bowls, so I got to throw him in there. And then Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time. Don't even argue with me about it. He's the greatest ever. Okay, those three guys, major discipline, right? I want you to think about the most successful financial people that you can think of. Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, discipline, strong discipline. I want you to think about the most successful visionaries of our time. Walt Disney, Albert Einstein. And for all of you Swifties, I guess Taylor Swift, as much as I hate to say it, she's, I mean, she's taken over the NFL. Like, what is wrong? <laughs> all of these successful people have different gifts that make them successful, but again, they have one thing in common, guys, and that is discipline. Discipline. Now I want you to think about the strongest Christians that you know. I want you to think about them in your head. The strongest Christian that you know, the one that you look at and that you admire. Billy Graham. Tony Evans. Don Spadafore. I know it because I know him personally. But those three men have major discipline. Every time I talk to Don, he says, I talked to God today. I talked to God today. I talked to God today. That takes discipline. These Christians that you admire became strong in their walk, again, the same way that these people became strong in their fields. They had discipline to get there. I promise you, any person that you look at and that you admire, guys, any person in life, I really want you to think about this. It could be your boss. It could be, uh, you know, the, the leader in, in the country. It could be a coach. Anything like that, I promise you, if you admire them, I want you to think about it. They got discipline. Show of hands, how many of you had New Year's resolutions in 2023? Show of hands. Don't lie. In one part, it ain't just one person. Y'all raise your hands. Who had New Year's resolutions? Okay. I'm getting there. Does anybody in here know what January the 12th is? It's not Matt's birthday. Well, it's actually National Quitters Day is what it is. But <laughs> that's what it is. Guys, statistics show that on January the 12th, 92% of the people that had New Year's resolutions give up. 
That means 8% are disciplined. I want you to think about that. I've been sitting up here saying that word discipline this whole time, and you guys are like, well, that's, that's not that hard, man. You be disciplined, you be disciplined. No, it's, it's hard. It's very hard to be disciplined. I'm excited to preach this series on all of this because I think it's going to definitely open some eyes in a lot of areas in your, in your life. God also showed me something about our church, guys, and not just our church. Let me rephrase that. He showed me something about his church, all of our churches together. Guys, in our military, the difference in a soldier being a five-star general or a foot soldier on the ground is probably their strength and discipline. You're not going to give somebody a five-star general, you know, you're not going to put somebody in that position if they're not disciplined, are you? Well, hang on. If you're, if, if, if a, if, oh, hang on, oh. Yeah. They'll kick us off the internet if I say what I really wanted to say. I know they will. So here's what I'm going to say is, if you were president of the United States, you would not put a five-star general in place unless he had discipline. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So, again, discipline. So, I, so God shows me this, and this is what he tells me. He says, all of the churches combined, they're a part of my army. This is God speaking. He's part of God's army. But God doesn't need any more foot soldiers, guys. He needs generals. He needs generals. God wants Christian Warriors Church to be one of his churches that can be a general. But in order to do that, all of us, myself included, have to strengthen our discipline. So how do we do this? How do we grow in spiritual discipline? What does that look like? Guys, I have people that come to me all the time, all the time. They say, Mike, I want to hear God. You always talk about God told you this. I want to hear him. Or, or they'll say, you know, I want to hear him more. You know, I, just, I hear him every once in a while. It's very seldom. I want to hear him more. We all want to hear God. We all want to hear him more. But are you willing to put in the discipline it takes to hear him? When I was a kiddo, I used to go camping with a good friend of mine. His name was Will Holland. And he had some property out in Bivens, Texas. And we would camp there. And at night, I remember every night at about 2 in the morning, a train would come through. And it would wake you up, but it wasn't crazy loud, right? Like, it was off in the distance. Well, we decided we were going to go get some quarters and pennies, and we were going to go put them on the tracks. Y'all ever done that as a kid? All these young kids have no clue what I'm talking about. Because they're like, what? Why didn't you just play video games or get on your cell phone? No, we went to the track, and we would put a quarter or a 50-cent piece. I even did a silver dollar one time, and it would flatten that thing out and make it big, right? Because that was cool. That's just what we did back then. We didn't have anything else to do. We were bored. So anyway, so we decided the next day we were going to do that. When we got there, we didn't realize it, but here came the train. I need you to understand, when, when I was asleep that night, it was not so loud. But when you're standing right next to it, it's deafening. It's what you have to do, guys. You have to be disciplined. It's no different with God. You've got to get closer to him. If you want to hear him, you've got to get closer to him. So we're going to talk about what discipline, the discipline that it takes to get to do that. The problem that we have, guys, and this is the biggest issue, we have way too many distractions. Way too many distractions. I preached this a while back. But, yeah, if you don't believe me, grab your cell phone and swipe left. You'll get to see how many hours you spend on that phone. The average American spends five and a half hours on their phone each and every day. And I want you all to think about some of the old people that only spend ten minutes on it. 
So really and truly, people use their phone the most, that, that average is going to go up. You understand? Five and a half hours. We'll just take that number. And, and I hate it, though, when I hear people and they tell me this. They say, but Micah, I do my devotionals on my phone. I, I read my Bible on my phone. Okay? Two things. Number one, when you swipe left, look at all your apps. Were you on your Bible app more or were you on Instagram more? Okay? Number two, and this is a big one. If you're going to read your Bible on your phone, it's too many distractions. Text messages, phone calls, ads, social media, fantasy football. How can you sit down and dedicate your time to reading the Bible on your phone when those things are constantly popping up or in your head and you know how easy it is to get to it? Guys, pick up your Bible. Pick up your Bible. Bring it to church. I have this argument all the time with people. One of my mentors, even one of my mentors, told me one time, he's like, no, man, I just use my phone. And this is what I told him. I said, what are you going to do when, 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 when everything goes crazy and the world ends and, and you ain't got no internet? Better have your Bible. Guys, your Bible is your weapon. Not only do I recommend you bring it here to church, I recommend you have a Bible for everywhere you go. You can either take the same one with you or have multiple Bibles in different locations. I have one in my gym bag, one in my truck, one in my office, and one that I, I've got two sitting right here. Guys, it's the greatest investment you can make. We got so many rednecks in here that buy 20 guns. <laughs> and you only got one Bible. What's the matter with y'all? That is going to do you a lot more good than a gun will. I promise you. Buy multiple Bibles. It's the greatest investment you can make. Amen? I'm going to get off my high horse there. Let's go back and talk about all these distractions. In order for us to grow spiritually, we have to have the discipline to block out the distractions that are keeping us from growing in our relationship with God. I am very guilty of this, guys. I have distractions that keep me away from God every single day. Work. Lack of time. How many of the, you know, some of y'all are around my age. How many of y'all remember the, the Nintendo game, Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Super Bowl? Come on. There ain't many of y'all. Come on now. Okay. Yeah, that's my distraction. So, so, so I found out uh, my, my kids bought me a Nintendo, is a little Nintendo, but this big, and it had games saved on it, and they got me that for Father's Day. Because I love Nintendo. Like, that's, that's like brings back my childhood, right? Much better times, peaceful times, you know what I'm saying? So, so anyway, I was playing it, and Tecmo Bowl was on there. Y'all, I spent three hours playing Tecmo Bowl. One Super Bowl, went through the whole thing. Well, then I remembered that was the old Tecmo Bowl, and then there's Tecmo Super Bowl. So then I went online, I found Tecmo Super Bowl. Not only did I find that, I had to buy a new refurbed Nintendo. So I did that, and I got that in, and I played that Tecmo Bowl. I had Cowboys, I had Emmitt Smith, Troy Aikman, and so forth. The old Tecmo Bowl was like Walter Payton, right? Emmitt Smith wasn't even on there. Like, that's old. Anybody remember the old Tecmo Bowl? Walter Payton, Bo Jackson doing this number right here, all the way down the field. Touchdown. Okay. So, so then I'm playing that. I'm spending hours on that. Well, then, 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 y'all going to think this is cool, all you old Tecmo Bowl people. I realize they actually make it every year now with updated rosters. So I got 2024 Tecmo Bowl. I've been playing that too. It's my distraction. 
Literally, I, I, I figured it up the other day. I bet I've spent a total of 48 hours playing Tecmo Bowl in the last four or five months. That's two full days I could have spent with God. Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with enjoying yourself and having those things. But when it starts to take your time away from God, it's become a distraction. It's become a problem. All these visitors like, that is one nerdy dude playing Nintendo. He's 40 years old. What's the matter with him? I'm a grown child, okay? That's what I am. Whatever your distractions are, guys, those are the things you need to stay as far away from as possible when it comes to working on your relationship with God. These distractions that are keeping you from growing in your relationship with God, guys, that's nothing but trash. It's just trash. And I'm going to explain this. It's trash because we, we went to Great Wolf Lodge two weeks ago for Caroline's 10th birthday. And uh, the trash picks up on Friday. Well, we left on Friday. Your pastor forgot to take the trash out. I had four trash cans full of trash. Guys, not only did I have four trash cans full of trash, I had some, some, some bits and pieces of chicken in there. I, don't hate on me like that. You forgot the trash at least once in your life. So anyway, so I get home from Great Wolf Lodge. And we pull up in the carport, and y'all know what I smelt. And it distracted me. The smell distracted me. The problem was I couldn't take it out till the next Friday. So for a week, we had distractions. Guys, I need you to understand. Your distractions. You got to make sure you're taking them out. Get rid of them. Because if you don't, it'll linger around. It'll stick to you. It'll stink. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about time discipline. Time discipline. In growing your relationship with God, time discipline is so important. Let's go back to the average American, how much time they spend on their cell phones. Five and a half hours. I preached this a while back, see if any of y'all were listening. Do y'all know how much time the average American spends in prayer every day? Two minutes. Two minutes. When I was telling that story about trash, that was about two minutes ago. Five and a half hours on cell phone. Two minutes in prayer. In order to grow in your relationship with God, you have to discipline yourself enough to put time aside to grow in that relationship. But Micah, I don't have a lot of extra time. I am so busy. You're a liar. You just don't make it a priority to make the time. That's the difference. You need to set an appointment, guys. We make appointments all the time. You ladies make appointments to go get your dang hair done, get your nails done. Us men, we make appointments to, to go watch football with our buddies. You know, we make work appointments. I mean, we, we even make appointments with people we don't even like. Y'all looking at me like, Pastor, did you just say you don't like somebody? I love everybody. I don't like everybody, okay? <laughs> we set appointments all the time, but we can't set an appointment to spend time with our Father in heaven. Make it a priority. Set the appointment and follow up with it. Who 
Here's another way you guys can work on some time with God. You know the average American hits snooze, the snooze button on their alarm at least two times? That's 20 minutes a day on average. That's 122 hours a year. That's five full extra days you could spend with God in a year. Five full extra days. If you continue to hit snooze on your relationship with God, guys, you're going to wake up one day an old man or an old woman. You're going to regret the amount of growth you could have had in your life. Don't be this person. Life's too short. Go to bed 20 minutes earlier. Amen? Guys, you can easily devote 30 minutes a day to growing your relationship with God, and I highly recommend it be the first 30 minutes of every day. Guys, when you start your day with God, you start it out on the right foot. You give yourself 30 minutes to start your day with God, you're going to walk through the rest of the day with a lot more peace as you go. The small things that would usually irritate you may not irritate you as much. Some of y'all think I might be crazy, but I challenge you to try it. Spend your first 30 minutes of the day with him. What do you do in those 30 minutes? You pray, you read your Bible, you study, you worship. But here's the big one, guys. And this is where we lack in discipline. And I only know it because I'm guilty. Just have a conversation with him. See, too many times we get in prayer and we start worrying about all of our issues. Too many times we open that Bible and goes in one ear and out the other. Too many times we may put a worship song on, but we're just not in the mood for that. But every time I sit down and I have a conversation with him and I just talk to him, I look down at my watch and the 30 minutes goes by like that. That's a connection we have. I need you to understand, yes, it's great. You need to pray. You need to get in your Bible, and you need to worship. But guys, when Jesus Christ died on that cross, we have a connection with him. We can literally speak to our Father. We can talk to him. We're not doing that enough. I have no doubt we've got some strong warriors in this church that get in their Bible. I know they do. I know we've got some strong ones. There's some strong prayers, man. They can claim and they can pray over things and they can claim healing and they can just pour that stuff out. And we've got an amazing worship team that can let it all out there for you guys. But who's really got that connection with him? Who's sitting down and having those conversations with him? In that 30 minutes every morning, guys, I need you to understand, I ain't stupid, I know this. You're not going to always be motivated to get up in the morning. But you guys need to remember this. Motivation doesn't determine who you become. Discipline determines who you become. Motivation versus discipline. Guys, you can't control motivation. I want you to think about this. You can't control motivation. You can't. For those of y'all that maybe get up and go exercise every morning, you're not going to always be motivated to go exercise, but if you're disciplined to do it, you're going to go. The more you get in your word, the more that you get disciplined in having a relationship with God, 
It's a lot like when you get in that motivation to go to the gym and you get in that, that routine and you don't go one day and you feel guilty. It's the same way when you're building that relationship with God. If you don't do it, it's going to drive you crazy all day long. This past Wednesday was Fields of Faith. Most of y'all know my bedtime's 8.30, 9 o'clock. You know, I, I walked, well, first of all, I was later than I needed to be because my kiddo took the, the, the lunchbox that had the car keys in it. She went home with Annabelle, and uh, Sadie did, went home with Annabelle. So, so I didn't have any car keys, so I had to call him, come bring the car keys back. Thank you, Annabelle, love you, baby. And she brought them back to me. So anyway, I didn't leave that field until probably 10, 15, 10, 20. Got home, hadn't had anything to eat. Got to eat something, you know. I like to eat. I was hungry, so I ate. And then by the time you wind down, I mean, I went to bed at like 11.30, 11.45. The next morning, my alarm went off, and, and then I hit snooze. And in my head, I'm thinking, man, I'm just going to sleep late. I'm tired. I'm just going to sleep late. No need for me to get up right now. God, God, you know, God will give me a break. He will. He'll give you a break. But you may miss out. I forced myself to get up. I hit snooze one time, I didn't hit it two times. I forced myself to get up, go downstairs, I barely opened my eyes, stumbling down the stairs. I opened my Bible. There's been something I've been dealing with for a couple weeks. And right there in front of me was the answer I needed. If I'm not disciplined, I'm not getting it. If I'd have slept late, I wouldn't have got it. That's what being disciplined does in your walk, guys. If you're not disciplined, you're going to miss out on some of the blessings God's wanting to show you and give you and pour out on you. Stay disciplined. Don't miss what he's trying to give you. Being disciplined is not easy. You're not always going to want to go and do what you need to do in order to get disciplined. But again, guys, I promise you, discipline makes you stronger. The stronger you grow in your spiritual discipline, the easier it is to pick yourself back up when life knocks you down. You got pro athletes, football players, whatever you want, basketball, doesn't matter. You know, I'm a football fan. Guys, they go work out every day. They practice every day. They exercise every day. I promise you, they don't always want to do that. But because of the discipline, when they get in the game, they're not exhausted because they're in shape. They know the plays because they studied the playbook. They were disciplined enough to go through with that. Just like a pro athlete doesn't want to go to work and practice every single day, we may not want to work on growing our relationship with God every day, but if we do, we'll be in greater spiritual shape when it's game time and the enemy attacks. I'm going to close with two things. Don't get your stuff ready. It's going to take a minute. <laughs> I'm closing, but it's going to take a minute. Number one, if you want to start living a more disciplined life, if you're struggling with discipline, but you want to live that life, who are you surrounding yourself with? 
I said earlier, talking to Don, I visit with Don every week, sometimes multiple times a week. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Every time we sit down, he says, God told me this. God told me this. That's what I'm surrounding myself with. Because I see that. And I want to be like that. I want that discipline. Randy, one of our elders here at the church, he's ex-military guy. You know he's disciplined. My father-in-law's other elder at this church, one of the most disciplined men I've ever known. I surround myself with those men so he can strengthen me. So I can see the example. But if you're hanging out with a bunch of lazy bums, you're going to be a lazy bum. Surround yourself with strong people, guys, especially in this area. Because I promise you, God has revealed this to me. This is where the church lacks. It lacks in discipline. It lacks in true discipline, spiritual discipline to grow in that relationship with him. That's where the church lacks. We can put on a good show, guys. We come in every Sunday, get that worship team going. I can stand up here and tell jokes. We can put on a dang good show. But are we really growing in spiritual discipline? When I preach these sermons to y'all, I'm just curious. How many of you are taking notes, going home, and studying them? No show of hands. Don't embarrass yourself. I'm guilty of it, too. That's discipline. You say, Micah, but sometimes your sermons are terrible. I get it. It's okay. (laughs) There might be one thing that grabs you. Okay, I'm sorry. All kidding aside, so so I used to I, I, uh, there was this guy I used to preach when, when I was younger, and uh, and and he, he wasn't very good. Uh, he was a great pastor. He wasn't the best preacher. Okay, and uh, man, I, I was struggling. I just I, I couldn't get anything. I, I I was bored and 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 you know I just couldn't grasp anything. And God hit me in the teeth one day. He said, why don't you pray about it before you walk in there? So I started doing that. And the next thing I know, within a couple months, I had grown more in that church than I had ever grown in any church. Because I was asking for his help. God, I don't care if it's one thing, just point something out to me. Guys, okay, that's great. That takes discipline to pray before you walk in the church every single day. It takes discipline to pray with your family every day before you start the day. It takes discipline to claim healing over your family, claim that protection over your family. It takes discipline for you to grow in your walk when you get up extra 30 minutes early. All of these things that will grow you in your walk and build your relationship with God, it comes back to one word, discipline. Number two, that was just one, number two. Too many times I have people that tell me Mike I'm just not a disciplined person I just can't get disciplined if this is you guys I need you to understand something a lot of these people they seem to have the mindset that you're either born with the trait of discipline or you're not Every Christian can be disciplined. Discipline is not a trait or characteristic, guys. 
It's not something you're born with. It, it, it's a lifestyle change. Every Christian can be disciplined, and I've got biblical proof to back that up, guys. Galatians 5, and 23. This is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, discipline. Never come to me and tell me you're not a disciplined person because if you do, I'm going to start worrying about your salvation. Because you got it. If, I, if, if Jesus Christ lives in your heart, if the Holy Spirit lives in your heart, you got it. He's given it to you. He's given you that gift. It's your choice whether to open the gift or not. You can be disciplined. You just don't want to be. I'm talking to myself. Some of y'all looking at me like, that's messed up, man. I'm being, me too. I struggle with discipline. I struggle to make sure I'm getting my word the way that I need to and that I'm having my conversations with God that I need to. Shame on me. Let's get serious about having spiritual discipline, guys, and growing closer to our Father. Let's put aside the distractions. Let's get still. Let's get quiet. Guys, James 4.8 tells us, come near to God and he will come near to you. You just got to go to him. It doesn't say you got to pray for 15 minutes. It doesn't say you got to read your Bible 15 minutes. It says you just got to seek him and he will be there. It doesn't say you have to have every Bible verse memorized in that book. It doesn't say you have to have been a Christian for 20 or 30 years. It just says, come to him. And he'll be there. I don't care if you just start and you walk or, or you miss Ann, 85 years old. It doesn't matter. If you go to him, he'll be there. But do you have the discipline to go to him? Could you pull up that last picture for me, please? That picture. I sent, yeah. I want to share something with you guys, and then I promise I am closing. Give me just a second. Yesterday, yesterday, I had an uneasy feeling. It stuck with me all day to the point where I didn't even know it did. Amanda was at the school decorating for fall festival. I took her lunch. And then when she was on her way home, she called me. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, what do you mean? And she said, you didn't even hardly speak to me. Or there was another lady there, Miss Diane. Miss Diane, I apologize. I didn't even know it was sticking to me that way. But I had this uneasiness, this uncomfortable feeling. Not going to lie, I was fearful. Something's up. Had no clue what it was. Just a heaviness. Anybody ever feel that way in this room? Show of hands. Anybody ever feel that way? 
This goes on all day. Last night, before I went to bed, prayed about it. <laughs> Thought, well, I'll wake up in the morning. I won't feel this anymore. I woke up this morning, guys, at 3 a.m., could not go back to sleep with a heaviness on me. Walked down and sat on the couch in my living room. Started to pray. And God said, I appreciate you praying, but you ain't talked to me in a long time with a, just a conversation. I just want a conversation. I used to sit on that couch every morning. I'm sitting on the couch. That's a picture of a chair that sits in our corner. I used to sit on that couch every morning and I'd look at that chair and I'd have a conversation with my father. Y'all say, that's crazy. I don't care. I'm crazy about God. I don't care what you guys say. That's where he talks to me. Every morning. I got away from it. I wasn't disciplined. I'm not going to lie, it's been weeks. I'm not going to lie to y'all. been weeks. Yeah, I've been waking up every morning, opening my Bible up, studying, been doing that, been praying, been worshiping, but I ain't looked at that chair in weeks. As soon as I sit down, he tells me to open my Bible to Matthew chapter 11. And I've got this verse highlighted. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. That's Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. But that's not the kicker. I'm going to tell you what the kicker is. Right next to that, I've got a note. Every time I preach a sermon and I open a sermon with the verses that I read to y'all, I put out to the side, sermon on this date. Intro to Freedom from Anxiety and Worry, Sermon 1922. I've preached on this, and I still didn't have the discipline to go to him. I preached on it. Gave it to all of y'all. Expected y'all to do it. Expected y'all to have the discipline. But your own pastor didn't. Guys, we're going to slip. We're going to fall. We're going to get distracted. And there's going to be seasons in your life where you're not as disciplined. But I promise you, if you can stay disciplined, stay disciplined. Guys, I sat down, looked at that chair, he gave me exactly what I needed for what I was struggling with. And not only that, but when I looked at him, I said, God, I'm giving all my burdens to you. That heaviness that I had, guys, it ain't been on me since the second I said it. He was teaching me a lesson. He was disciplining me. My question to you guys today, what's distracting you from being disciplined? What are your... What's your Tecmo Bowl? What is it that's keeping you from having that conversation with him? Whatever it is, 
it's trash. Throw it out. 